Welcome to another great episode of the Encounter Grow Witness podcast, the podcast that helps us as lay ecclesial ministers, priests, and all those committed to the movement of Unleash the Gospel here in the Archdiocese of Detroit and well beyond to be joyful missionary disciples. My name is Father Steve Polis. I'm your host, along with Beth Spazarni, who uh, is joining us as, uh, as our co-host, as we do every time. Beth, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And one of the reasons I'm doing great is because we've talked about what we want to discuss today. And mm-hmm. and I have a, a little, little, I don't know, tweak might be the wrong word, but a little, yeah. little different way of of approaching this, and uh, I'm excited for what that holds. I'm excited about it, too. Is yeah. part of your excitement because we're in Advent? Probably that's part of your excitement, Yeah, right? Maranatha, come Lord yeah. Jesus, the uh, the preparation, the expectation. Yeah. Um, I just love the, the the hopeful, this is sound silly, the hopeful melancholy of Advent. I can mm, really get my heart around. Look at that. Just wow. really, really. Wow. Yeah. That's like a... Uh, Big fan. Like an emo band name. Yeah, Hopeful it could melancholy. be. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, listeners, something for you to consider. Yeah. I'm sure one of you is called. All of our budding musician listeners. Um, no, that's a great way to put it. I think there is, you know, uh, Mary is one of the key characters in Advent. Yeah. So just looking at her and walking with her in this journey and mm-hmm. thinking especially how she um, helps us with the first Advent, the coming of... Christ at Christmas, yeah. but she also helps us as a pilgrim church yeah. for the coming of Christ at the end of time. Yeah. And how that, you know, as we pray in the rosary, as we walk through the, the valley of tears, mm, Mary right. is with us. She's so, with us. Yeah. yeah. So I that, had a friend give me a statue of Our Lady of Hope, mm. um, Pregnant Mary. Oh, okay. Pregnant Mary is Our Lady of Hope. And I was I was expecting, it was my firstborn, and um, someone gave me the, the statue and I put it out and I just found it, I found so much hope yeah. in knowing we have a mother who is Our Lady of Hope. And um, and then I unfortunately don't have it anymore. It mm. became a thing where I would pass it on to any friend who was pregnant. Yeah. And a lot of people were pregnant and I don't know who has <laughs> it now, but I'm sure it's bringing hope to someone somewhere. That's pretty so. awesome. Like you don't know yeah. no, what don't generation know. of... Yeah. Yeah, it just kept getting Friend passed along. It, it was yeah. beautiful. No, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And we have a parish in the Archdiocese of Detroit in St. Clair Shores, Our Lady of Hope. So beautiful. That's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of being hopeful, I mean, our, our yeah. hope is rooted, obviously, not in how talented you and I are or Certainly how, yeah. you know, uh, all the um, human aspects that we deal with. Our, our hope is rooted in something infinitely greater. Yeah. And that's... Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, That's who has right. come to dwell with us yeah. as we kind of meditate and pray for his coming this Advent. And I think about, uh, you know, our own desires, Beth, you and I talking about mm-hmm. this This podcast came out of a desire to say, how do we help mission direct people in the Archdiocese yeah. of Detroit as we're going through like lots of structural changes yeah. and, you know, different realities? Um mm-hmm. Uh, how do we help them all and ourselves as we walk this journey as well um, and just stay rooted in what the Archbishop has called us to and what I think you and I both believe was mm-hmm. authentically the Holy Spirit's call for the church in Detroit Absolutely. to be about the mission first and foremost mm-hmm. and how easy it is to get distracted by that with everything else going on. It is so easy to get distracted. There's so much to do. <laughs> I remember when yeah. I was in college, I went on a mission trip to Istanbul, Turkey, and my dad was not a big fan of this adventure that I signed up <laughs> for. He was like, it's not 
it, it was safe enough, but it's like not safe-ish maybe to go and talk about Jesus in the streets, you yeah. know? Um, and he just was like, why are you doing this? And I thought, I just went to the Romans passage, well, if not me, then who? And if not mm. now, then when? And if, if no one goes to, to teach them, then they'll never, If you can't believe if you've never heard the gospel, yeah. you know? But I think especially at that time, the Catholic Church had more of an optional kind of sense with evangelization and mission. Yeah. It was sort of like a, a neat add-on for a few quirks Yeah, out let, there. let's give this a try. Huh? Yeah, yeah, just the extra bold people. But I think Unleash the Gospel helps us recall really what the mission is of the church yeah. and that we have to all remember that and carry it into everything we do. That's awesome. Beth has such cool stories. You know, my stories are like, oh, I, I went to St. Clair Shores the other day. Or, oh, uh, get out of here. I was in Ohio <laughs> this one time. And Beth is like, when I was with Mother Teresa in India. I was never with when her. I was, when I was preaching get the gospel in Istanbul, yes, you know? Yes, so like, wow. Yeah. Yes. You're bringing a lot of, uh, yeah, I don't well, know, a, you know. A, a lot of boldness to our conversation. So yeah. I'm grateful for that. Well, I, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. It was exciting in Istanbul. The one cool story that happened that we didn't see thousands baptized, but the one really cool thing that did happen yeah. is we would go on college campuses and just see if people wanted to talk. And unfortunately, we could only speak to people who spoke English because our, our Turkish was pretty rough. I made some well, big efforts. Back but, then it was rough. Yes, but, yeah. yes right now <laughs> I'm fluent. Um, but uh, but anyway, we, we met with this um, group of people and the woman in the, or the young woman in the circle was so confused because she had had a dream the night before mm. that Americans would come and teach her about Jesus. And she was like, wow. I don't even know who that is. Like, what wow. is... And so just the... Yeah, the hope that, that the only thing we can do with evangelism is trust that the Holy Spirit is already working in people's lives, right? Yeah. And I think Unleash the Gospel is a great way for us to refocus that and recall that the Lord is already working in people's lives. Yeah. But there are people who have not heard the invitation. There are people who have not heard the message, and God is already working. Yeah. God is going before us. He is sending dreams, all sorts of mm. things, right, to actually move. Uh, I think I can get discouraged when I just look at my own hands and feet and what I can do and what I am doing. Yeah. And all I see there is frailty and limitation. Yeah. But luckily, <laughs> it's not my work to do, <laughs> right? Well, and as your old friend, Mother Teresa, would yes, say, my old right? <laughs> you know, people would want to go to Calcutta to do missionary That's work right. with her and she'd send them back home and say, no, your yeah. Calcutta isn't here. Yeah. Some people are called to do that, but yeah. your mission is probably back home and yeah. I think that's a reality for all of us, right? Some of us are going to be called to far off places and praise yeah. God for that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, most of us are called to see our missionary work right where we are, yeah. to grow where the Lord has planted us yeah. and to be fruitful in the vineyard, the the field yep. that he's allowed us to be. Um and, you know, <laughs> we were talking about this. I, I'm sure many of our listeners have kind of thought this through as well. Like, sometimes we don't want to be where we are. Like, we look. <laughs> I don't know anything about yeah. that. Okay, maybe I know a little something about that. <laughs> but, I mean, we look yeah. out like, oh, if only I was there. Yeah. Or if only I was there. And I think the reality yeah. for us, at least in this moment in the church in Detroit, is if only, not just physically we were somewhere else, but if only the situation was different. Yeah. Right? If only we had more resources, more yeah. priests, more people yeah. coming to church. More like, people who see things just like I do. Yeah. Obviously, I'm right about everything. <laughs> yeah. More people who are right, like me. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the temptation can be to like punt or to put off the work that we need to do until everything aligns. Yeah, um, true. But we can't do that. And we need to be here and now. Um, 
committed to this work. And I think like mm-hmm. this is why, uh, listeners, we keep coming back to unleash the gospel mm-hmm. because it is so crucial for the moment we're in right now. Mm-hmm. It was crucial for 2017, which you know, in some ways feels like a lifetime ago yeah. through the pandemic. Yeah, before um, the pandemic. <laughs> right. Um, but it's crucial for 2022 to see the need uh, for us to be um, to be a church on mission. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a minute, about what it means to be a church on mission and what, mm-hmm. what the mission is. But just to say, you know, uh, Father Ricardo has this great saying, right, like that mm-hmm. he gets from Joan of Arc, like you were made for a time. Yeah. Like you this. were born for this. You were born for this. Yeah. And so this is our Calcutta. <laughs> this right. is our yeah. time and place and yep. circumstances yep. that God has called us to bear fruit. That's right. And um, what I think the, the first aspect of Unleash the Gospel that we need to think about is like it came that we can embrace mm. the circumstances and the challenges and opportunities we have mm-hmm. to be fruitful here and now. Mm-hmm. You agree? I agree. That's um, okay. yeah. I definitely agree. I, it's so easy to to just as you say to imagine being in a different place in a different time where it was easier. But yeah, the Lord has chosen the times and circumstances that each of us would be here, right? And so this is this is our time. It's yeah. it's the Lord's time, but He wants to work through us, right? To renew, to renew the church, and to yeah, to reach people. Yeah, yeah, great. So. That's why we need it, because the people in 2022 and soon to be 2023 need to hear the gospel. Yep. And the Holy Spirit is telling us, it's you guys. Mm-hmm. You're not bystanders. You're not bench warmers. Right. You're not the second string. Right. Like, you need to be, the World Cup's going on right now. You need to be on the mm-hmm. pitch, right? right. Is, that a, is that a World Cup-y term? I don't know. The pitch. I don't yeah, know. The I field. played soccer, but I don't remember them saying that. I was going to do like a fake British accent, but <laughs> no one needs to hear that. But we need to be in the game. Yeah. And so, Beth, what's the game? What's the what's the mission that the church needs to be about? Just just so yeah. we can kind of call ourselves back to that. Yeah, I think it's easy to keep using the buzzword of mission and all of this when we don't really know exactly what we're talking about. I think the mission is inviting people who have been created in the image and likeness of God into a lived relationship with Jesus Christ and the full sacramental life of the church. Mm. I my I was talking with my father-in-law the other day in the kitchen and lifelong Catholic, very devout. I think he cries every time he receives the Blessed Sacrament, really mm. every time, um, goes to daily Mass. And he started crying in the kitchen. He was talking about, he was trying to do a math problem that I'm going to do poorly, so I'm not going to use the numbers. But he said, <laughs> think of all the people that have ever lived, okay, and then how many of them were ever able to, to know Jesus and to receive Jesus's body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, in the Blessed Sacrament. And he's, he started crying just thinking about, like, why did I, why was I able to receive that and other people weren't? Mm. And I just thought it was so profound because I, I think even in ministry circles, we can get stuck on talking about how hard it is to be Catholic, how hard it is to be Christian today. And, yeah. you know, everything is dark. Everything is hard and bad. <laughs> but we we receive him who is life itself, right? We We have reason for our hope. And people are living through the same challenges we are. You know, what is it like to be a non-Christian or someone who's fallen away from the church because of hypocrisy or it just never became real or they had pr- real questions that went unanswered for too long, right? And and they still get cancer, right? Mm, yeah. They still have kids that have, like, that struggle. They still have 
all sorts of needs and aches, right? That Christ is the answer for those. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think the onus is on us to... They have the challenges and the difficulties, right. and they're waiting for us to be the, the one to bring the, right. the light into right. that. Um, Beth, I don't know if we've talked about this. Are you a fan of The yeah. Chosen? You've been Big watching. Fan. Yeah. Have you seen the beginning of season three? I have not yet. Okay. No. So um, there's this beautiful scene. I'm, I won't yeah. ruin it, but where one yeah. of the apostles is being sent out, and the portrayal of the apostles in The Chosen is often mm-hmm. like their frailty is very yeah. clear. Yeah. Right. Uh, so this is one of them who has a little bit of a physical frailty, and mm-hmm. Jesus is sending them out to um, proclaim mm-hmm. the gospel and also with the power to heal. Mm-hmm. And this apostle, this guy is just a knot. Like, how can I go mm-hmm. out and heal yeah. when you haven't healed me, Lord? Mm-hmm. And there's like this <laughs> gut-wrenching, beautiful, tear-jerking mm-hmm. scene of Jesus saying, I could heal you, but I'm letting you be my witness even though you're not perfect Mm. because that's going to be a better sign Mm. and i just think about like you know the the way you were talking um about the way we need to kind of go out into the proclamation of the gospel into broken parts of the world we don't need to be perfect to do that right you know it's a load off we just need to be radically trusting in god yeah. And um, anyway, it's a beautiful scene. I went with a friend to the mm. theater and watched it. And, you know, it's great, nice and dark, so you can cry your eyes out yeah. <laughs> with no one else seeing there. Yeah. But um, it, it's such a beautiful portrayal of Jesus, yeah. I think, in The Chosen. Um, mm. Just his, his humanity, but also his divinity, his freedom. Um, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. So the, the whole point of this is to say the mission of the church, and I'm looking at, you know, Lumen Gentium, here that mm-hmm. the church has been equipped with all the gifts of the founder, yeah. Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. has poured all of his gifts into his church mm-hmm. um, so that we can receive the mission to proclaim and spread among all peoples the kingdom of God, mm. right? And to be the initial budding of that kingdom yeah. on this earth. Yeah. So what's our mission? You know, again, getting out of that buzzword, like hey, be on mission. Right. It's to proclaim the kingdom of God. Right. And the kingdom of God is in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that that'll be fully flourishing in the world to come. Mm-hmm. But here and now we have what Lumen Gentium says is the initial budding forth mm-hmm. of that kingdom. So our work is to proclaim the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know, um, you know, to come back to a little bit of what we were saying before, where does the kingdom of God need to be proclaimed? Mm. Well, it needs especially to be proclaimed in times and places when it is not understood or lived out or... Mm-hmm. It can't be seen, right? Yeah. Like Christ came to be a light where? To a well-lit room and add a, a little enhancement of light, right? No. He came to be a light to the darkness. Mm-hmm. And I think we're in a time of darkness, so like all the more reason we need to be yeah. laser-focused mm-hmm. on the mission of the church to proclaim the kingdom in the midst of mm-hmm. difficult times and challenging yeah. circumstances. True. And Very so, true. so this call of Unleash the Gospel is to say, you know, we've. I feel like we've said this so many times, but it, you know, if you heard like teaching needs to be said what seven times, nine times oh, more. to be taken in, <laughs> yeah, right? Many, many more. That um, the call of unleash the gospel is to say, don't forget about the mission. Don't yeah. get caught up in the structures, the challenges. Don't get caught up in, you know, the um, the inter like Nicene debates or fights that we might mm-hmm. have within parish staffs. Like, 
Those are real things we got to deal with. Mm. But dude, I, this, I'm quoting Jesus here. Dude, dude. <laughs> there's something so much more yeah. awesome yeah. I have for you. And uh, yeah. and I think that's why, like, in our conversations, Beth, we were saying, like, we just got to get back to that yeah. foundation and we got to be living out of that font that's and not right. living out of all of, like, well, where's that going and what's the problem over there? No, no, no. Let's live out of the font mm. and then we can follow all those, yeah. all, all of the, I don't know, rivulets where they go. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wonder what you think. I, I think in general, um, in the last well, many years. I mean, the popes have written so many bishops. Obviously, we've got Unleash the Gospel as this foundational letter for us to understand this missionary conversion that, yeah. that we need to undergo. Um, and I wonder if if you think more people know that we have a universal call to be missionaries or if more people know how to do it. <laughs> like, I think my, my perception is that I think many of our, many, I'm certainly our, our listeners and many of our parishioners have a sense, like they've heard that we're called to be on mission. We're yeah. called to go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Yeah. We've heard these things. Um, certainly the Archdiocese is doing a great job with communicating out the, the language of Unleash the Gospel and like, these different guideposts. But I, I still wonder if, if people don't know actually how to do it. Yeah. And I would pause it. <laughs> that this unleash the gospel pastoral letter will be a great start, yeah. right? I mean, I don't. I think when I when I talk to people about evangelism and mission, I think they think the only way to do it is to go on a street corner and talk to strangers. Yeah, and that can be phenomenal. I I did that in foreign countries and domestically. Yeah, big fan. Um, but but it's so much broader than these one-off conversations we can have with strangers, right? If the parish is going to be welcoming, that would make a big impact for evangelization. And likewise, if we aren't going to be welcoming, right? Yeah. There's just so many little <laughs> layers like that within the letter about how to do it. Yeah, I think it it becomes intimidating in a number of ways. And and I'm so glad you used the phrase missionary conversion. Yeah. Right? Because there is this conversion we need to get our hearts and our heads around. Yeah. You know, that I, first of all, it's not someone else's job. It's my job. Um but, you know, more more foundationally, like, I need to be living out of my relationship with Christ. Like, mm-hmm. that's how it's going to work. That's how it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, uh, the Institute for Priestly Formation, this mm-hmm. IPF organization, is just awesome. They put out great resources, and I've been reading some of theirs, and just helped me as a priest to kind of live more fully my call. But mm-hmm. the foundation of it is true for all Christians, mm-hmm. that... Mission only comes from identity, yeah. right? If we get identity wrong, we're going to get yeah. mission wrong. Right. And I think that's one of the challenges. We don't get yeah. our identity right. It's true. And so the mission just seems like work and a yeah. job or like a task I need to take on. Yeah. It's not a flowing out of who I am. Right. And that's why just coming back to the understanding of Christ has called me, wants a relationship with me has changed my life. Mm-hmm. If our mission doesn't come out of that reality, what are yeah. we doing, right? Yeah, We're we'll burn a, out, we'll, lo- we'll give up, yeah. we'll go do something easier. And it's not gonna be, um, it's not gonna be effective, it's not going mm-hmm. to be authentic. Right. It's gonna be, you know, like, I have to tell you about Jesus, yeah, let right. me tell you about Jesus. Right. Do you of have like, a minute for me to read this booklet to <laughs> right. you? Do you want your yeah. life to change? Oh, so well, bad. Well, in three no. easy mm-hmm. steps, you yeah. can, you know? <laughs> so empty, right? Yeah, it's not gonna yeah. come out of the core of no. who I am. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, where, where's all this coming from? All this is coming from 
unleash the gospel, yeah. calling us to be this church on mission. Yeah. And in order to get that right, we have to keep our eyes on, on who we are and how God has called mm-hmm. us so that we can serve people and be missionary out of our identity. Yeah. And you talk about hospitality at church. Yeah. Like, if I'm not happy to be there, yeah. if I don't see the beauty of what it means to be in relationship with Christ and in relationship with each other through that, yeah. then I can't fake that in a right. way that's going to be attractive and authentic. No. Right? No. Um, yeah, holiness, right? And we, Yeah, holiness is the most attractive face of the church. Yeah. Of course it is, right? There yeah. isn't a faster way. There's no, there's no program. There's nothing faster than our own personal conversion and holiness and yeah. bringing our hearts to the Lord and allowing him to soak into every bit of us, right? So that he can truly live in us and through us, bring others to that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as we look forward to 2023, yeah. and Beth and I are going to be talking a lot about Unleash the Gospel. That's going to be kind of our core, yeah. going back to the letter, understanding the beauty of it, the power mm-hmm. of it and the need for it here and now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a special invitation to our lay ecclesial ministers to think about this year as a year of growing in holiness, mm. a year of yeah. your own personal desire to fall in love with the Lord again. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's for the first time, right? Like, that's okay. It's okay if you're saying, like, again, what are you talking about? Yeah. But to not just see it as a career, to not just see it as a job, but first and foremost, throughout Advent, going into next year, like to fall in love with Jesus again mm-hmm. and to let him radically fill your heart mm-hmm. so that you yourself can have a missionary conversion. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I need this often. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not a switch that goes on and off, Mm-mm. but it's something that goes deeper. And so there can be like a conversion, a growth in trusting in the Lord, being confident that he holds me in the palm of his hand and then something else comes up and I can kind of drift away from that and the Lord's inviting me to take this new challenge and to trust you know trust him with that so Mm -hmm. I I really think it's crucial for us as we look forward to next year to say yeah okay we have to do lots of structural stuff in our church we have to make sure we get you know the right pieces in place yeah but man, if we're just moving things around and we're yeah. not letting it penetrate my own heart, and if I'm not falling in love right. with the Lord, right? I mean, we can go work at AT and T or plow snow or right. you know go work on cars at Ford. All those are noble occupations, right? right. Like there's nothing wrong with those, but uh, to work for the church or to be committed to what the church calls us to is uh, something that requires a profound conversion in my own heart. One of my favorite things, uh, that's hard to say, but one of my favorite things that stayed with me when I first read Unleash the Gospel um, was in 3.2. It says, some might say that the Archdiocese of Detroit is the most unlikely setting for a large-scale revitalization of the church. But is it not in the most unlikely settings that the Lord loves to show forth his divine power? Mm-hmm. I just, uh, To me, I love, and it goes on to speak about our when we acknowledge our own poverty, that's what allows us to rely wholly on him. Yeah. Right. That's got to be the core of it. If we're hoping to see the gospel unleashed, if we're hoping to see revitalization, if we're hoping to see renewal, hearts changed, right? I mean, it'd be amazing of everyone, but like, wouldn't you, what would you do to see one person changed, right? Yeah. Um, let it be you. <laughs> let it be your own heart, right? That you would allow your own heart to be changed and drawn to the Lord, um, that he would be able to do, um, yeah, an incredible thing here in our midst. I remember... One last 
thing that just stayed with me I, when I was when I was in Istanbul because it comes to mind because it's it's a Muslim country, but also it's it's largely secular. So you know everything on paper is is more Muslim, but then in, when it comes down to practice, there isn't much devotion or prayer. Or, okay. Um, lived faith in in the area where I was and some of the conversations I had with the young people then, uh, and uh, th- but the but the minaret the call to prayer goes out you know all day and I was just thinking like Lord I, I'm so little this is a huge city there are so many people I was the only Christian most of them ever met they mm. had never met a Christian before no pressure uh, and <laughs> I, I just I just kept thinking like Lord how. This one, this is never going to work, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but I just, I was drawn to this passage in Habakkuk, an underused and under-referenced yeah, book in the prophets. Minor prophet. Yeah. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am doing a work in your day that you would not believe even if it were told. Mm. Do, do we believe that? Uh, to, I go back to that verse again and again when I'm thinking, Lord, I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Uh, and when I read that, it usually comes back to, well, then where's your heart, Beth? <laughs> where's yeah. your heart? Because I'm doing it. So yeah. if you're not seeing it, then we need a little more conversion. Yeah. And, you know, just to, uh, as we dig back into foundations here, you know, just think of how Christ founded his church. The son of God, God sent his only begotten son to proclaim who God is, to show the face of God, Mm -hmm. to show the depth of God's love. And how did he do it? He went to some out of the way place. Yeah. Right. Was born in a, in a manger. Yeah. um, Spent his whole life in this very small geographic region called 12 yahoos to be his apostles. Right. Like guys who are not well-spoken, influential, powerful, rich, well-traveled, none of that. And told them, go to the ends of the earth, proclaim the kingdom. Yeah. Um, you know, baptize, preach, bring people into relationship with God. Yeah. Like practically that makes no sense, right? Yeah. Like God who is all powerful, almighty could have done it in a much oh, yeah. more effective way or a much more, you know, reasonable yeah. way to our right. faster but God, maybe, but God's ways are not our ways That's right. and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Right. And so those of you who are listening, you know, you may feel like you are not equipped for it or you may feel like dry bones, as we'll talk mm. about in another place. You know, it may mm-hmm. seem like a very unlikely person, just as Detroit is an unlikely setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but God loves to do things that way. And the person of Jesus and how he founded the church is the best example for that. Mm-hmm. So buck up, right? <laughs> Have confidence. And not just confidence in yourself, but confidence that God yeah. wants to use you and will use you. If you give him permission, if you give him lordship in your heart and that Mm -hmm. that missionary conversion of inviting him in and saying, Lord, all of this is yours. Mm -hmm. You want me to look like a fool? I'll look like a fool for you. You want me to have great worldly success or success by, you know, Mm -hmm. noticeable standards in this world? Like praise God for it. But to be totally available to him, like that's where great, great works come from. Yeah. That's how the Lord chooses to work in his divine omnipotence that's going to give him the greatest glory so we got to keep coming back to the beauty of what unleash the gospel is Mm -hmm. so that our we don't drift away and think we are the protagonists Mm -hmm. that we are the main players we are the drivers of it yeah not yeah Yeah. thanks for translating protagonist into (laughs) normal people speak (laughs) yes yes you're welcome yeah yeah Yeah, that the lord is moving and he wants us to be there and so as you said at the beginning, this expectation we have during Advent 
to be, I think you said that. Mm, sure, yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, no, you said hopeful. Hopeful melancholy. Yeah, hopeful <laughs> depression. <laughs> or sorry, hopeful melancholy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Advent's also a time of great expectation, right? right? Like waiting for the Lord. Yeah. Like the Lord's work. Like Jesus is ready to be born mm -hmm. into the world through us. That's right. So this is what we're going to be talking about for the next number of podcasts so that we can kind of keep coming back to it. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the guideposts and um, all of the markers and probably the habits too. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I know it's been on both of our hearts and I think other people mm -hmm. I've talked to in the Archdiocese of Detroit just to make sure we don't lose that initial beautiful good fruit of Unleash the Gospel that yeah. uh, has been given to us. Any any final wisdom about Christmas, ex expectations mm -hmm. or excitement or? One thing I think would be amazing for uh, that I'm going to do, um, I've heard it said that we often don't reflect on the difference that Jesus makes in our life. Mm. And that's part of what makes us not very compelling <laughs> evangelists. Yeah. Um, because we forget. We forget what it's like to live without him. So maybe as we await the coming of the Savior and... Um, welcome Christ again, maybe to, to take some time over the holidays and ponder what difference does Jesus make in your life? Um, what joy, what hope, what peace, um, what stability and security does the Lord breathe into your life? And then, and then ask the Lord to put someone on your mind, um, in your life, a friend, a family member, um, and just take some time imagining what they would look like if they had all those things too. You mm. know, I have a neighbor who, um, other neighbors find challenging. <laughs> and um, I was talking with him one time and uh, I, I just started imagining just for a moment, it was like the Lord gave me a vision um, of what he might be like if he was completely transformed, right? Mm. If he actually knew the Lord Jesus and wow. what he might be like um, and, and what a leader he would be and, you know, all these things, you yeah. know, so I'm looking for openings, but, uh, but ask the Lord to give you that vision, uh, the vision first of, of the difference he makes in your life. And then to ask him to bring people to mind, people in your life, um, coworkers, friends, family, and then ask the Lord for wisdom, right? And how to go about that. Yeah, what a great wish for Christmas, a great hope for all of our listeners and all of those who work in parishes throughout the Archdiocese of Detroit and those you know who listen from beyond that, that Christmas can be really stressful, <laughs> can be really hard in parish, in parish life mm -hmm. and lots of extra work and a particularly easy season to lose sight of what's most important. So thanks for that encouragement, Beth, to think about all those who are coming just at Christmas, mm -hmm. you know, the only time of year or who haven't been there in a while. Yeah. Um, as we deal with, you know, the difficulties of crowds or people who don't always know how to act. Um, I love the insight you give, like to think about what would it be like if all of these yeah. people and then the individual, like if this person, yeah. knew Jesus Christ and had all of the, the freedom that Christ wants them to have. Yeah. How beautiful that would be. Yeah. And then carry with you the hope that there are so many amazing people throughout the Archdiocese and beyond who are who are in the vineyard, right? Yeah. I think that's one of my great hopes for this podcast is for people to realize they are not alone. I think it's so easy when we're out in ministry and we're doing and doing and doing to get focused, one, on ourselves yeah. <laughs> and what we're doing, but to forget that there are other people um, with us in the mission of unleashing the gospel and bringing people to Jesus. So we hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you to to know that you're not alone and also to keep the main thing the main thing, to remember mm. that we are about 
bringing people into relationship with Jesus, which we cannot do if we forget our own heart and our own soul. We must bring it to Jesus every single day and allow him to penetrate all of our lives so that we can truly love other people well and bring them to him. Amen. Well, a Merry Christmas to our awesome producer, Ron Pangborn. Ron <laughs> yes. is the, the silent part of our podcast that makes everything go smoothly, a little less silent there. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, a Merry Christmas to you, Beth. Yes, you and, too, Father. And to all of the, the priests and lay ecclesial ministers, our mission, yeah. direct people throughout the Archdiocese of Detroit. May Jesus give you tremendous blessings and, and eyes to see uh, that he loves you deeply and that he wants to transform your life and those in your family and those in our parishes this Christmas. This has been the Encounter Grow Witness podcast. This is a podcast by and for those who work in ministry, supporting each other to grow in our relationship with Christ and the church to enable us to know that we are not alone in the vineyard. So let's be fishers of men together. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this monthly podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts and tell at least two people. <laughs> yes, at least two. <laughs>